Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports, Instagram A to Z Sports, and also Facebook A to Z Sports Nashville. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time. Got the quintuple broadcast going this morning. Let's thank our sponsors before we get going, because they make everything happen for us and make life a little easier for you guys. TennesseeTickets.com. The promo code is... Titans 20, Titans 2-0 for $20 off your Titans ticket purchases at TennesseeTickets.com. It's the safest place to go buy tickets because you will get a full refund of your money if games are canceled, unlike StubHub and the other websites. TennesseeTickets.com, Renters Warehouse, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness one 15-minute workout simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. Full body electronic muscle stimulation. The science is real. The results are real. And it's perfectly safe for the coronavirus pandemic. It's by appointment. The safest fitness program you could possibly find right now. Your gym is probably still closed. Mandu.com. Your first workout is free. The Tucker Agency, uh, Nashville's independent insurance agency, giving you relief by saving you an average of 20% on your personal insurance. TuckerTN.com for their website. And Calvin and Subtle. Hardwood floor and finishings right there. If you need new floors, calvinandsubtle.com. Check them out. Servicing the Middle Tennessee area and making sure they stay safe and keep your home safe during these times as well. So, Zach, A.J. Brown talked to us on Zoom. Got a comment earlier from Frank asking why we weren't on the Zoom. Well, I was on Zoom. Uh, I didn't ask a question because my job was to do social media while I was on the Zoom. But Buck and, and Luke Warsham asking questions to A.J. Brown and Jeffrey We pay Sinner. people to ask questions. Yeah, yeah we pay what. people to ask questions. We uh, fill in the work behind the scenes because that's what leaders do, right? Speaking of leadership, Zach, what did you uh, take away from A.J. Brown's uh, Zoom meeting yesterday? Well, and I want to play this audio clip that that we pulled yesterday from that Zoom press conference because the way A.J. Brown has kind of grown into himself of who he can become and who he will become, we're already starting to see that just after a year. Now, high production on the field, you know, leading by example is the easiest way to become a leader in the snap of a finger. And I think A.J. Brown with his 1,000-yard season with all of his touchdowns, with his highlight reels, with his big plays, I think did that. But a question was asked yesterday on that press conference about A.J. Brown's leadership, and I absolutely loved his answer because I think it tells you a lot about where he was, but more importantly, where he is, and then even more importantly than that is more where he's going to go. Foreign leader. as a rookie, I, I didn't really come in and say too much. You know, I just had to come in and show everyone that I'm a hard working myself. You know, I'm going to hold myself accountable. You know, and uh, now that I have some of my teammates respect, I can start holding other, pe- other people accountable too. So uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, this upcoming season. Um, big leadership role for me, you know, uh, bringing in like the younger guys, bringing up the younger, bringing up the rookies and everything. So, yeah, uh, I'm really excited for that. Natural born leader, AJ Brown. I mean, I, the first thing that he's basically said in that entire Zoom meeting was that uh, the sky's the limit for him. And so then he follows it up and says, natural born leader. I mean, the guy is a walking headline with how he, he has, is so confident in him, in himself, and his abilities. But take that further, Zach. Natural born leader. How do you feel about those comments from AJ Brown? Well, so let's look at the past, right? Because the Titans have drafted a lot of wide receivers in the last, let's say, decade or so, right? And they've had, they've gone out and gotten free agent wide receivers. The, when you talk about leadership, here you go, Austin, quick pop quiz. What's the first, uh, when I say leadership wide receiver, who's the first Titan that comes to mind? Go. Wide receiver leader? Yes, boom, go. First one that pops to mind. Stop probably thinking Derek, about it. Probably Derek Mason. Derek Mason. So you've got to go all the way back to Derek Mason of the gir- first guy that pops in your head that is a natural-born leader or a leader for the Tennessee Titans as a wide receiver. That is sad. No, 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 no. That was the first one that popped in your head. That's why I did that that entire thing. Yeah. The first one that popped in my head was Nate Washington. Look, there are, there are leaders since then, but that tells you something, right? That shows you that there was not a leader in the wide receiver room that just pops off the scene for a Titan analyst and, and a guy who covers the team like yourself 
or fans. So I, I think that is a big thing and a big sign of what is still to come from A.J. Brown. And there's no better way to start your leadership than coming off of a rookie season that broke so many franchise records. Yeah, and uh, Nate, Tribe Called Quez and Joey both mentioned Nate Washington, and, and I feel bad by forgetting about Nate Washington. That, but that was a part of the exercise, right? Yeah, that, yeah. I went quick because of that. You may have not gotten the right answer or the correct answer or whatever, but it was the fact that you've covered this team, you know this team, you know this franchise, and – there was not one guy that stood out except for one guy that happened like, what, 20 years ago. True. G-Man on base asks, is it easier to be a rookie leader when you come from a winning program in college opposed to a losing college program? Because A.J. Brown came from Ole Miss. How do you think his career at Ole Miss impacted his ability to come in and have an impact day one as a leader uh, for the Titans? Well, he didn't come from a winning program. That, that's what he's saying. That's what he's oh, saying. Oh, he's saying, you yeah, not coming from a yeah, winning he's program. G-Man was asking, is it easier to come from a winning program and have and be a leader right off the bat compared to a losing program? And Ole Miss did not have a lot of success while A.J. Brown uh, was on that team. He scored a lot of touchdowns, but the team didn't win a lot. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's a good question, but I don't think it matters, right? If you're a leader, if that is in your blood – if you go to you know Southeast Mississippi State Community College, you could still be a leader when you jump on the scene. I think that's a personal characteristic. It's how you work on and off the field. I don't think that has to do with the program. Yeah, Ethan Ramsey says Brown is the first true wide receiver alpha the Titans have had in a while. I, I would agree with that statement overall. I mean, I think I think Corey Davis shows some flashes of of pure alpha, uh, like his touchdown catch to win against the Eagles, uh, his game against the Patriots in the regular season uh, two years ago where Corey Davis showed alpha ability. It just hasn't been there consistently, whether that's his own injuries uh, or just inconsistencies in the passing game for him. But A.J. Brown definitely burst on the scene. So here's what we're going to do. The first question to get you guys more involved this morning is we're going to ask you, what are your expectations for A.J. Brown in year two. What are your expectations for you personally for A.J. Brown in year two? But first, let me tell you about Mandu. Zach, are you still sore? You still sore from getting back in the uh, Mandu lab? I, I am. It was yes. slow rolling getting out of bed this morning, but it was a good slow roll. There you go. So Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, it's back open in Brentwood, in Cool Springs. They've got their locations open in Memphis. It's a 15-minute workout. Your first workout's free. It lasts 15 minutes. You might laugh at that. But that simulates five-plus hours in the weight room and give you that good soreness uh, for a couple of days after that. And it's great, and it's safe during these pandemic times. It's by appointment only. It's a personal workout. You and a trainer, maybe one other person. They clean everything. They've got the air filters and sanitize 99% of the air in the studio. Mandu.com, your first workout absolutely free at Mandu.com. It is these sports. We had, uh, I believe, Andrew asked about our podcast feed earlier. He says, I'm new to the show. First of all, Andrew, welcome to the show. We do this every single morning. Uh, from 8 to 9 a.m. We got a primetime podcast with Buck Rising at night. I'm glad you found us because uh, it's your lucky day, big dog. It says, do you guys have a podcast to listen to after the show? We absolutely do. We upload that to iTunes, to Spotify, to SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Twitter. I mean, there's you can do it everywhere. Plus, if you like Blitz 2000 and 64 games, we got you covered at 1 p.m. Here's the question, though. We get back on topic. What are your expectations of A.J. Brown? We do have a, a couple of good comments. Steph comes in and he says, all pro. I mean, that's that's high expectations. Yes. Travis talks about the leadership. He says, I think Kevin Byard was the first true, true leader once the culture changed. And I think some of the faces that are no longer there, like Delaney Walker and Jarrell Casey, they definitely impacted that leadership role. But that's just the, the dynamics of a business and the progression of a franchise. King Isaac coming with a king take says A.J. Brown will be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Austin, let's stop there before we get to some more comments. Do you think that is achievable? Um, no. Just And it's not anything against A.J. Brown. It's all about what the Titans' philosophy is 
as an offense because in order to be in the conversation to be talked about as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, you have to have a lot of yards, a lot more catches, and a lot more touchdowns than what A.J. Brown did. Now, A.J. Brown had 1,051 yards last year. He had eight touchdowns as a rookie in an incredible rookie year. Uh, he should have won rookie of the year. He says he's moved on from that. But A.J. Brown, it'll be really, it'll have to take a complete transformation of the Titans offense over the next few years for A.J. Brown to get in the same conversation as Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins now with Arizona uh, and some of those other uh, – uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans, some of those other big names of wide receivers because the Titans just don't pass the ball as often. You know, they don't give A.J. Brown the opportunity uh, to really work himself there. Now, if you want to get super analytical and break down like yards per catch, yards per target, and kind of judge A.J. Brown against some of those, that might be the best way to truly judge A.J. Brown with the other wide receivers who have a lot bigger stats because of the offenses they play in. But it's going to be really difficult for A.J. to have himself in that conversation just because of the Titans' philosophy. So you talked about some of the negatives. You talked about uh, you know the competition in the league with DeAndre Hopkins, who we don't know how Kyler Murray is going to pan out as a thrower downfield. We don't know that connection. That could work out well. It could you know take away from his, his catches. You talk about Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Drew Brees – Long in the tooth, I don't know how many years he's going to continue to play. So the emergence of young wide receivers will always, it's a cycle, right? Sure. But I do think a positive G-man on base brings up, Brown had the luxury, in question mark, of having Ryan Tannehill half the season who throws downfield where Marcus Mariota did not. Mariota and A.J. Brown's connection, two things ring to mind when Mariota was playing. First, Brown's game when he had that big wide receiver and everybody was like, oh, wow, rookie, A.J. Brown, what a catch. And then, obviously, in the ATL in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, A.J. Brown broke out, opened up the safe twice. And I, I think that was another breakout. But those weren't, those weren't dime passes like in Oakland. Those were yak, right? The A.J. Brown did most of the work where I think moving forward, Ryan Tannehill, he's going to be on this team for at least three years. He's got $90 million tied up in him. I think AJ Brown, Brown's got three more years on his contract too. So those are those are kind of tied together, guaranteed money. Right. So that's what it's going to be. Uh the question is, what are the expectations? Kenneth says 75 plus catches, 1,200 yards, 10 total touchdowns. Now that's a that's a jump up in every single category when you talk about what he did his rookie season. Guy man says 10 touchdowns, 1,200 yards. Tribe called Q says this. 70 catches, 900 yards, six touchdowns. So that's more of a regression in the yards and touchdowns because he says he feels like the defenses will key on him, will be crucial for Corey Davis to have help. Austin, do you think his numbers will improve or will they slightly regress because of, of what was just said about guys keying on him? Well, and I think that's true. Like it's going to get harder for A.J. Brown because, uh, Look, and I'll talk about when we get into our best and worst of A.J. Brown. I've got some um, some stats to break down when I'm talking about, like, the worst air quotes about A.J. Brown. But it is going to get harder. Um, he, I expect his catches to go up. I expect, really, all three key stats to go up across the board. He might not average 20 yards a catch this upcoming season like he did last year, but just because he got so many opportunities where he had incredible yards after the catch that really made that uh, average yards per catch go over 20, which is nuts uh, to think of. But he actually broke this down further, Zach, because you you mentioned Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. I broke it down. A.J. Brown, in six games with Marcus Mariota as the starter, A.J. Brown averaged 45 yards receiving per game. That's with Marcus Mariota. Now, in the 10 regular season games with Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown averaged 77 yards per game. So if you, let's just say, you keep that same rookie rate of 77 yards per game with Ryan Tannehill and multiply that by a full 16-game season, that's 1,232 yards receiving for A.J. Brown. If you do the same thing with the touchdown scored between Mariota and Tannehill, A.J. Brown would then score 
9.6 touchdowns with Tannehill on that same rate, uh, of course, a 16-game season. So I expect everything to go up a little bit. You know, AJ said 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns on locker room cleanout day. Look, that would be incredible. And and AJ could prove everybody wrong who thinks that's unachievable. But AJ Brown, I think correct and fair expectations for him in year two is that 1,200-yard mark, eight to ten touchdowns. If you get that, a strong running game with Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, Humphreys, and Jonu Smith, who we expect a big year from, I think the Titans have a really potent offense and can score from anywhere on the field. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Look, I love how he sets his goals high. Look, my goal is to be on a yacht off the coast of Miami at some point in my life, and that yacht being rented or purchased by yours truly, right? That's my expectation. That's my goal. you got to have a lot of cashola, a lot of hard work. I like the expectations in his rookie year of what he said on Locker Room Cleanout. I do agree with you in the sense of the numbers, though. That sounds about right, and you touched on it a little bit. Here's one guy that I don't think that we think of that I believe will take catches away from him. And Titans for Life says Davis and Humphreys' numbers will go up. Adam Humphreys, watch out. He was he missed a chunk of the season. You know, like he he was yeah. missing. He was gone. I, I'd have to look up how many actual games. I got gotcha. you. Like six, six or seven. He but, missed the last four regular season games. Um, and then he missed, I believe he missed the first two, uh, playoff games as well. So six total four regular season. Yeah. Uh, like that's, that's massive. We saw Tannehill when he's not looking deep or he's not handing it off to Henry. I do believe that the rapport between Tannehill and Adam Humphreys is going to grow because reliability, that's what you look at it. So I think entail, it will take away from AJ Brown. Here's the one thing of why I don't think A.J. Brown will re regress because of Humphreys, Davis, or Janu, as you mentioned. A.J. Brown has an uncanny ability to break tackles and run away from defenders in the open field. That's not coverage, right? Yeah. That's mano e mano. I'm going to beat your ass and burn your ass and go unlock another safe in the end zone. So that's why I think that they it will get to eleven to twelve hundred yards. Now, if it goes to thirteen to fourteen, you're like, whoa, okay. Now, now you can trend after two years saying this guy at one point could possibly, in the realm of possibility, become the best wide receiver in the league. I think it's going to be an uphill climb, but if you're going to be top dog, it should be an uphill climb. I think twelve hundred, maybe a little bit more. 1,247 yards. That's where I think you can really take the next step and the next level. I don't expect that many more touchdowns. Eight, I think, is that's a, that's a solid. If if that's your number two receiver, if Corey Davis is your number one guy. Well, A.J. Brown's the number one guy. We, we know that. A.J. Brown's the number one wide receiver. If your number one wide out can get eight to ten touchdowns. That's not how they drafted him, though. I, Zach, I'm aware. But the reality is in 2020, A.J.'s number one, Corey Davis is number two. And so, and look, Corey Davis was drafted several years ago. That's kind of irrelevant for this conversation. But A.J. Brown, 8 to 10 touchdowns, that's a fair expectation. 1,200 yards, that would, that's what you said? Yeah, 1,247 yards this Very season. specific. How would you get to the 47? John Lynch. Okay. One of my favorite numbers, and it makes I mean, a lot you of just sense. add forty-seven to whatever round number that you had. Well, look, I buy lottery tickets, and one of the numbers that I pick when I do pick lottery tickets, I got a, a slew of numbers. Everybody's got their favorite numbers. Like Austin, what's your favorite number? Well, currently it's it's been eighty-one, but yeah, there you go. You got yours. I, but got I don't use it to project stats like you do. Like I just, <laughs> I just well, yeah, find that hilarious. Forty-seven. Look, I, it's a great number. It is a solid number. Sure. It's a it's a very unusual number too. And AJ Brown, unusual to this league, jumped on the scenes. It all intertwines. Yes, uh, A.J. Brown, Ricochet Ray says A.J. Brown would be the best wide receiver in the AFC South. I now, feel like there you go, right? I feel like that's an expectation. So what are your expectations for A.J. Brown in year two? Let's read some more comments. Uh, Eddie says A.J. Brown under 1,000 yards, only seven touchdowns. So he expects uh, a slight regression there. That's still um, my bad numbers. <laughs> seven touchdowns. Well, and it's about Corey Davis like, can't even get half of that. 
Right. So it's it's about um it's a because everybody's kind of looking at the numbers of well you know Corey and Humphreys are going to have more John who's going to have a big year he'll have more which will take away from from AJ you got to remember Ryan Tannehill there's an extra six games there's an extra like one thousand plus yards out there for Ryan Tannehill to spread around to where. Marcus Mariota was not doing that. I mentioned the stats earlier. With Marcus Mariota, A.J. Brown in six games averaged 45 yards receiving per game, with Tannehill close to double that with 77 yards per game receiving. And, and I think there, there's, there was a clear connection with A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill that Marcus Mariota did not have yet to that point. Who, who, who did Mariota connect with? Delaney Walker. And Delaney Walker really hadn't played in two years. Yeah. Isn't that a problem, right? And Mariota, the problem with Mariota, which I think the Raiders are idiots for giving them the amount of money to be a backup quarterback as they did, but Mariota's issue was he would have games, and I'll just give an example of this past year. He'd have games like the Jags game in Jacksonville on Thursday night, the first half of Denver, where he would be so atrocious and the, the offense would stop. It'd be like it was in quicksand, right? He wasn't that way all the time, but he would have those periods within the game that would give you nothing. And Brett Kern was getting all the spotlight, and that's not ideal for an NFL football team. Sure. A to Brian Z Daniel wasn't like that. Yeah, I agree. A to Z Sports here live. Um Live here on a Thursday, Titans Thursday. Still have the magic bucket to come. Let's get to our best and worst segment, Zach, presented by Tucker Agency. What is the best and the worst thing about AJ Brown? We've talked a lot about AJ Brown so far, and it was it wasn't easy to come up with the worst thing about AJ Brown. Yeah, we don't have a lot of tape on him. We've got yeah. really good tape. Right. I, I found my worst, but we're talk, we're gonna start with the best. What are the best and worst things about AJ Brown? But first, Zach, tell people about Tucker Agency. Yeah, Tucker Agency, they're here to help as well. The best thing about Tucker, there's no worse thing about the Tucker Agency. That's very comparable to A.J. Brown. The best thing is, though, they can save you money. Customers, an average of 20%, you're sitting there yourself say, what is the Tucker Agency? It's an insurance company. Well, you pay insurance. I know you have insurance. If you're driving around, you have car insurance. If you own a home, you have homeowner's insurance. If you rent, you should have renter's insurance. If you've got kids, you should have life insurance. All of these things you are paying, that is out-of-pocket expense. Reassess that. Maybe you lost a little bit of income. Maybe you're a sales guy. You don't have as much commission because of the pandemic and the coronavirus. Retool. Reschedule what you have in your umbrella of your insurance policies and email the head of the Tucker Agency. That's Will Tucker. Will at TuckerTN.com. Will at TuckerTN.com. Email him. And all you have to do is put A to Z sports. I saw you. I want to save some money. How can that happen? He will assess. He will make sure you have a great policy, but also put some more money back into your pocketbook. Tennessee, or excuse me, uh, Tucker Agency is, is the place to go. It's TuckerTN.com. A to Z sports here live. Don't forget our podcast feed. A to Z sports. Also Titans 20 Titans two zero for $20 off any Titans ticket purchase at Tennessee tickets.com. Check that out safe. They will give you all of your money back. If games are canceled, unlike uh StubHub. but Tennessee tickets.com best and worst thing about AJ Brown. We'll start with the best ricochet. Ray says best his ceiling tribe call Quez says best his confidence. Uh, right there. Brad says AJ's sunglasses. You got the shades up there, which probably falls under the uh, confidence side of things. Donald says the best is his attitude. AJ wants to be the guy uh, going through some more. Brent says best. He's almost impossible to tackle one-on-one -on -one in the open field. Lane says his best, Zach, is his marketability. Put that man on billboards and let his swag sing in the country music hub city of the world. What about that comment from Lane there, Zach? Is well, that your love of the Lane, show? Look, Lane, you get the love of the show for that. You, look, you, you, you tickled my heartstrings right there. You know I love marketing. You know how much I ride the Titans for being atrocious at that. And I have so many more ideas that they could make a lot more money off of. But they've yet to call me to be a consultant because I do charge. But – you're right. The marketability. Now, that is not my singular one. I'm going to go a, a different route. 
But when was the last time a Titans player, Austin, first person that pops to mind, go, 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 most marketable Titan in the last 20 years? Go. Marcus Marcus Mariota was very marketable. Was he marketed? No, because of Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota kept himself from being as marketable as he could. But Marcus Mariota was the most marketable person for a couple of years. Then now it's Derrick Henry. But those two guys don't want to be marketed. And A.J. Brown is seems to be completely open to it. Well, yeah. No, I think he he thrives on it. You know, I, I was I love Donald's comment, right? I, I, I thought Donald's comment hit the nail on the head. I'm going to go with mindset. Mindset is huge. And I, 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 I take away football in this sense, right? We, we interview interns. We interview uh, employees. We're trying to grow. Even within our own co- company and just community in general, you sit there. You can. I have to know your mindset, right? Are you willing to work hard? Are you willing to set aside some of the other things in your life to get the job done? Do you want to be better? How how are you how are you going to do that? How are you going to can you listen? Can you lead? Can you produce when the, the when when it gets hard, right? When the coronavirus hits, what are you going to do? AJ Brown, everything that he has done to this point since he got drafted on that stage in Nashville has told me he has checked all of those boxes. From what others have said about him, what his coaches have said about him, what he has shown on and off the field, he wants to get better, and that's massive. Not everybody wants that. God knows Kevin Dodd didn't have an ounce of what A.J. Brown has in his veins. So I, I the mindset, because as my favorite saying goes, you kill the head, the body will die. This is where it all starts. And A.J. Brown has it up here, and that's why I think everything else kind of comes into place. I'm split when it comes to what's the best thing about A.J. Brown because I think there's two, and the mindset's kind of included in one of them. It's confidence and work ethic because they go hand in hand, don't they? Like A.J. Brown has the confidence that he can achieve anything that he actually works for, and he also has the work ethic that helps him be more confident. And so like the work ethic – that A.J. Brown shows, I remember watching the, the first rookie minicamp practice when A.J. Brown was there, and everybody wants to talk to A.J. Brown in the media right after that first practice, right? And what happened? We had to sit there and wait for like 20 extra minutes as A.J. Brown walked over, took his jersey off. He saw his helicopter landing pad back as he just hit the jugs machine for 20 minutes after practice, getting extra work in. And then he came and talked to us after that. So A.J. Brown's work ethic, uh, you can tell his work ethic as yesterday. He says he catches 1,000 balls a day, whether it's footballs from Logan Woodside or or whether – Over, under. Yeah, over. uh, Over. Over 1,000 a day, whether it's the jugs machine, Logan Woodside's arm, or the tennis ball machine, which that makes your focus even stronger by going after the tennis balls like that. And then you can tell by his body composition of how hard he works in the weight room. But his confidence also breathes because you see the shades, the chain, the swag, and you hear him say, I believe the sky's the limit for me, to be honest, because he knows what he can do because he's worked for it. So I think Overall, the best thing about A.J. Brown and what separates him from other Titans receivers in recent history is his work ethic. Because the guys that couldn't make it with the Titans, DGB, Justin Hunter, Kenny Britt, they all had a lot of talent. Kendall Wright, all a ton of talent. They didn't have the work ethic to actually make that production on the field consistent. Yeah, and I want to read a comment because we talked about him becoming the best wide receiver in the league. In the NFL, Brent brings up, says A.J. Brown has the ability to be the best wide receiver in Titans franchise history. That absolutely achievable. He's already on that path, that trajectory. And I just, God, if I if I worked for the Titans, I was the market, head of marketing, this guy would already be a superstar. He'd be plastered. You'd be making millions. There'd be A.J. Brown t-shirts, swag, because as you said, Austin, some guys don't want that. I don't know if Tannehill or Derrick Henry actually want to be marketed in the way that they can be marketed. But as we know, 
A.J. Brown wants to. Give the man what he wants and put him into the next echelon, right? I think the Falcons did a great job with Julio Jones, right? Julio Jones' production on the field helps that quite a bit. But the surrounding pieces, Odell Beckham Jr. comes to mind, right? A.J. Brown is a gift that John Robinson gave the Tennessee Titans, right? Sure. And, And so far, he has been unbelievable, and I expect nothing less moving forward. This is yeah. some a guy who who the Titans fans are already and could continue to be excited about. And, and I do think uh, when you bring up uh, that we don't know if Ryan Tannehill wants to be marketed, I think the quarterback position is something that you have to be very conscious about how you handle that when it comes to marketing them because – they have to be the person to take the blame when the team doesn't play well. They have to be the guy who tells how great his teammates are whenever they succeed. So the quarterback is kind of tied with the head coach and how they can be marketed, where the wide receiver, it's flash, baby. It's everything you got. It's go out there and market them like they're the biggest show uh, in the city. And that's kind of what A.J. Brown is. And and because it's really – Rarely have I ever seen a, a game end where the team loses and be like, that's the wide receiver's fault. You know, like that never happens. Like the wide receiver never loses the game outside of Drew Bennett dropping that pass in the playoffs in New England. Back or Wes Walker in the Super Bowl. Right. Like rarely does that happen because there's so many other that Nick Williams, Steph Dobb brings up. Perfect. Nick Williams. That's one of them. Right. But there's so many other ways <laughs> that a game is lost. Besides a wide receiver, it's rare when a wide receiver gets the blame for the loss. So it's easier to say, look at this guy, A.J. Brown, and how amazing he is because he really is amazing. Yeah, no, it, it, it truly is. And uh, I agree with you. But and, and there are good and bad examples of that, right? Like, I'll give you a bad example. Cam Newton is very marketable, right? Chest out, chest out. Where did that land him? He doesn't have a job. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It's great when it's it's great. It's great when you're winning. Cam Newton was the hottest guy in the NFL in 2015 when he won the MVP. And the Panthers went 15 and one. And then he didn't dive on a fumble in the Super Bowl and backed away from it. And since then it's been downhill and negative about Cam ever since. But also on the upper echelon so far of this league and the young superstars. Patrick Mahomes has been marketed outstanding, right? I mean, they've marketed him the right way. You know, he's a good human being, does all the right thing. Lamar Jackson last year in Cincinnati when he put on those badass Oakley visor sunglasses. Marketed, right? Correct. That That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about to take advantage because let's face it, Mariota didn't want to be marketed, so they didn't do it. Derrick Henry doesn't really want to be marketed, so they don't do it. Jake Locker and Vince Young they couldn't be marketed because they were trash. And, and I'll say this. I think there's a there's an age aspect in this as well. Derrick Henry's young, but Derrick Henry came from Alabama where what Alabama player is being marketed in the NFL right now? It, it, there's not a lot of them. Like Mika Fitzpatrick Jones was. Well, right, but that that's, that's one. He's an outlier. And he plays wide receiver, which we've talked about the position as a whole. So Derrick Henry came up through the Alabama process as a – quieter team first guy which is what that program breeds then you look at Tannehill and the and the the older generation Tannehill is only like seven years older than AJ Brown and Pat Mahomes and these guys but that's a big seven-year gap where technology has changed all the younger guys Mahomes Lamar Jackson AJ Brown the rookies now they grew up with the eyes on them on social media with streaming video all over the place so they're used to that they're used to that attention where at when Tannehill grew up it was still, you know, work on being the best you. I'm a team player. I'll do whatever it takes to help the team win. Neither are wrong. They're just different. Well, and and for Ryan Tannehill, look at the look at his career, right? He's learned a lot of lessons in Miami. He was the man in Miami at one point, and then all of a sudden, you tear your knees a couple of times, and you, your ass gets traded, right? You signed a hundred million dollar contract already, and then that didn't work out. So I think that. Whenever you get burned, right? It's like you're you're a kid and you touch the oven. Whoo, ha! That you just burned your hand. You're probably not gonna go, you're gonna be more careful and more cognizant when you pull that apple pie out of the oven again, right? I mean, that that's just I think that's tan it's understandable in that in that fashion. Mm-hmm. A to Z sports here live. We have not gotten to the worst thing 
about AJ Brown yet. I I worked and I figured it out. I'm struggling here. But. I, I figured out what I believe the the worst air quotes thing about AJ Brown is. Uh, before I get to that, let me tell you about Renters Warehouse. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. They are Nashville's professional landlords. They got you. If you there's several ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit during these tough times. Uh, if you own Airbnbs, you're struggling without travel. You can rent that out temporarily. There's no binding contracts with Renters Warehouse. So you can have somebody rent it out for three to four months, wait for tourists to get back, and then go back to making your Airbnb money. Or when you sell your house or you, when you move out, you don't have to sell your house. Keep that equity that you're building in your home. Renters Warehouse does all the work. RentersWarehouse.com. It is eSports. We were asked about a podcast feed. Well, we've got that. We've got you covered, and we're expanding that over the next several weeks getting more information about that. Plus, don't forget, if you are a Titans fan, we started this thing yesterday, full season of Bliss 2000, 1-0, 1 p.m. today, week two, Tim Couch and the Browns live at Adelphia Coliseum, Eddie McNair and the boys. We're going to be going live at 1 o'clock. Don't forget that. Uh, Titans Torch says the worst thing about AJ Brown is there's not two of him. <laughs> Which great that's, comment there on hate, IG I, it, Like it's a, it's a it's not an answer to the question. No, I, that's, but it's a it's a funny comment. So what, where are you? I need some help. So I, I was looking and I had to go to like game logs for AJ Brown to figure out what I think AJ Brown needs to work on because he was asked that yesterday on the Zoom. What do you need to work on in year two? And his answer was just like everybody, everything. I need to work on uh, getting off the ball faster. I need to work on my releases, getting out of my routes, everything, yada, yada, right? I think the one thing that he needs to work on is the ability to be an impact in every game. And I'm not saying he has to have 100 yards receiving in every game, but last year in the regular season, Seven games, A.J. Brown had under 35 receiving yards. Seven games out of 16. Now, four of these seven were with Marcus Mariota. The Titans went two and five overall in those seven games where A.J. Brown had under 35 yards receiving. So he had a he kind of went MIA against some really good cornerbacks that he played. Now, you can talk about the Colts. They don't necessarily have a great cornerback, but he had a rough game against the Colts. Against the Jags in week three, it was the ugliest game that the offense has ever played until week six. And A.J. Boye really did a good job on A.J. Brown being physical. He then did. You go, the Bills with a really good defense. Tredavious White gave A.J. Brown a hard time. Um, against, uh, against the Saints, he had that 49-yard rushing touchdown, but – Lattimore did a really good job on A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown has been vocal before about saying he's got to learn and how to learn how to be productive and produce when he's going head-to-head with some of the best corners in the game. Because against the Falcons, the Falcons' defense was trash. They played soft zone, which allowed A.J. Brown to eat, right? The Raiders, their defense was trash. That's why they drafted uh, cornerbacks high in the draft, right? So that's where he had his biggest game. So he needs to be able – to not go MIA in against those big time matchups. That's what he needs to work on. That's the the worst thing about AJ Brown is MIA in seven regular season games. Yeah, so I'll I'll extend that and I'll go with Ricochet Ray's comment because I think it's the best one I've seen so far. And the worst thing about him is that the NFL is now aware, right? Once you are aware, and that goes to quarterbacks, running backs, we're gonna find out now that the NFL is fully aware of Lamar Jackson. Right. Now, we found that out about Patrick Mahomes last year. They were fully aware of Patrick Mahomes. They just couldn't do a damn thing about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Louis says he's got maybe a, a big head. Again, we've done the best about A.J. Brown. Now we're trying to find the worst about A.J. Brown. Joe says struggled against top-tier quarterbacks. Like you said, G-Man says could be potential hamstring issues. He, he got over that. I'm not necessarily worried about that. Second contract is going to be expensive from Brad. <laughs> uh, that That's definitely true. Um, Johnny, yeah, go ahead with Luke's comment. Well, I was going to say, Luke says AJ is, is good, not anywhere to where y'all are saying he is. So He was a rookie of the year candidate, Luke. I mean, he was a rookie of the year finalist. He probably should have won, but Kyler Murray had the number one pick and playing quarterback going politics. Yes, sure, but... Luke, I mean, he is he is really good. I mean, top a thousand yard receivings, uh, eight receiving touchdown, 
uh, one rushing touchdown on a team that doesn't pass. That's that's incredible for a rookie. And and Sean brings up something that we said was a positive but could turn into a negative. Sean says, and these are all possibilities. It's hard because you have to be fair to the individual. We've only seen him play for one year. He could have a sophomore slump, or he yeah. could be a sophomore superstar. We don't know. We're just judging him based on what he did when he entered the league. But Sean says the worst could be the possibility that he becomes a diva. And we know what diva wide receivers can do to a team and their career. And I'll Terrell say Owens, yeah. Ocho Cinco, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Jarvis Landry at times like there are diva wide receivers in this league and they've gotten themselves in trouble because they feel and usually diva wide receivers Austin are outstanding right they're very very good they wouldn't be divas you can't be bad like Ariana Grande and Mariah Carey can't be bad at singing and be a diva it doesn't work like that these are really good wide receivers but their ego gets in their way because they want the damn ball all the time I'll ask you this constant. Zach, was A.J. Brown a diva at Ole Miss? And the reason no. why I ask that is because Ole Miss was a bad football team, potent offense, bad football team. It could have been really easy for A.J. Brown in that situation to become a diva and get frustrated because his defense was so bad and his coaches were incompetent. It could have been easy for him to do that, but he didn't, right? Correct. No, yeah, he didn't. Look, A.J. Brown could have had a lot of Ole Miss players. Look, I went to Ole Miss. That's probably why I like A.J. Brown as much as I do because, you know, he comes from a great, great university. And, you know, he, look, he, he, the best thing about A.J. Brown as an Ole Miss fan personally is, you know where he grew up? Starkville. Yes! That's the best part! He grew up in enemy territory, and he gave double birds to state and went to Ole Miss, and now Figured he's driving. Not he's literally driving. double birds. Now, yeah. here's the thing I struggle with. I like Dak Prescott, and that dude went to state. He's probably the only guy I like. Look, Jeffrey Simmons went to state. I think he can become quite a bit. We got a chance to talk to him yesterday. But you're right in that sense. He could have acted differently in college, and he could have not – he could have not been a second round pick. Like it, all of the things have worked out to for him to prove himself. And what did we hear at the beginning of the show? At the beginning, he realized self awareness very mm -hmm. important that he was gonna. He couldn't come in there as a rookie and just chop, 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 chop. Because there, and honestly, he could have because the wide receiver room kind of quiet, quiet guys, yeah, kind of sure. quiet. A.J. Yeah. Brown let his performance do the talking, and then now he can do the talking and the lead. All right, Johnny Lee says last season the three playoff game performances concerned him about A.J. Brown. Uh, he did follow that up. Uh, he says, so without A.J. or more play calling, let's see this season. So I'll bring up uh, what A.J. Brown did in the playoffs in those three playoff games because uh, Johnny's got a point. Um, against New England, he had one catch, one target, four yards. It was a screen, I believe, early on in that game. For So one catch, four yards. In Baltimore, he had one catch for nine yards on three targets. And then in Kansas City in the loss in the AFC title game, three catches on six targets for 51 yards. Now, I think, Johnny, Stephon Gilmore, Marlon Humphrey, some really good corners playing on those two defenses with the Patriots and the Ravens. So, yes, A.J. probably struggled there more than he did the you know two weeks before, the two games before against the Texans. But also, I mean, they were just giving Derrick Henry the ball like 60 times combined. And it was just all about, all about Derrick Henry controlling the clock, gaining yards, and they weren't stopping Derrick Henry, so they didn't stop giving the ball, which then they got up, especially against the Ravens. They get up early, big, because of Jonu Smith – and Khalif Raymond touchdowns from Tannehill. And it was just, let's just end this game as fast as possible for the Titans. So A.J. Brown was not really needed uh, in the Baltimore game. Yeah, and that's what Titans torch on IG. He says, how many times was he blocking downfield for Henry? And that brings up, this is a running f the, the ball football team. It just is. They run the rock. That's why Derrick Henry is their featured back. But I'm very curious next season and the following season to see how that, right? How does how does that pendulum swing? Because we know they their bread and butter is running the football, but once you start getting I don't know better production out of your wide receivers and tight ends, the last two seasons as we've discussed, 
the end of Delaney Walker and what we know him as as a, I would say, a Pro Bowl tight end. You, right. you're not, no team's going to get that back. And that's not a knock at Delaney. That's just father time being undefeated. So Janu could take away from that moving forward from the running game. A.J. Brown could take away from that. I think Adam Humphreys and then Corey Davis going into a contract year. We've talked at length about Corey Davis. I believe this will be Corey Davis's last season as a Titan. Yeah, and uh, Luke brings up Jamar Chase could be an option for the Titans in the first round next year. The Titans will draft a receiver higher next year. Which they was a not- smart move okay, to regardless. not take a wide well, receiver I'll say this, in the late rounds this you know, year. Everybody's been saying, well, you know, Corey, Johnu, and Humphreys are going to take away from AJ's production. Let's remember this. There were if I if I add in Tajay Sharp, Delaney Walker, and Deion Lewis. That's like 600 yards of receiving that was not replaced. Like, Darrington Evans will get some of that. So I'll, I'll say Deion Lewis, 160 yards receiving, that's replaced, okay? So let's take away that. Tajay Sharp and Delaney Walker, that's 550 yards receiving that was not replaced. They got the same group of tight ends with Janu. They did not draft a receiver. They're expecting that really 300-plus yards for Tajay to be spread between everybody else. So there's some of that yards uh, some of those yards that AJ can can pick up uh, from last season. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. All right, A to Z Sports, Zach. It is Magic Bucket time. I've got a new sticker, new sticker for the Magic Bucket. It's going to go uh, right here. I don't have a lot of extra spaces for the sticker. That's but the good. best part. It's filling up. Yeah, it that is means filling we're doing up. a good job. It's going to go right here. So the Magic Bucket's coming next. But first, Zach, tell people about Calvin and Subtle. Yeah, Calvin and Subtle is where you need to get your next hardwood floors. You've been in your house, probably stuck in your house for two months now. Maybe the kids, maybe the dogs have been wrecking your hardwood floors. Your wife has been saying, hey, I'd like to replace this carpet. Well, there's one place that you can go. That's Calvin and Subtle. CalvinandSubtle.com. They are trusted. And how it works, you give them a call, 615-448-6414. That's 615-448-6414. And here it is. They, you set an appointment, one to two days. They come in, take the CDC precautions. They wear a mask and gloves, and they assess your situation. You want to replace your your kitchen tiles. You want to replace the carpet in your bedroom or your stairs or your den, your dining room, your living room. You pick out your perfect hardwood floors, and they have them. It's that simple. And plus, you talk about cost effective. They got $30 per square foot and $1.99 per square foot. So they have all of the range. Pick out your perfect hardwood flooring installation one to two weeks. All right. It is Esports. Zach, it is magic bucket time here on the show. Stick around for the magic bucket, guys. My new sticker, Zach. This was the right time for this. This worked out perfectly because we just had something come to an end uh, that was a big part of our lives for the last five weeks. And I got us an Air Jordan retro sticker. That sticker is badass. That's like Chicago and cursive sticker. That's gold chain Jordan. That's NBA dunk contest. That's sticker. NBA Street 2 Jordan. If you remember Austin, this is a throwback. Jordan with a little hair going on there too. So that's my sticker here. I used to have that sticker on the back of my MacBook. Do you, you remember did. that? Yeah, I forgot about that. And he was, instead of a ball, he was grasping the Apple sign on the back of a Mac computer. One of my favorite stickers of all time. I got replaced by A to Z sports sticker. But, you know, maybe I can bring that back because you can't see the back of my computer anymore. That's a thought. So the MJ sticker. I love that. On the bucket right there. I think it looks great right next to Kobe. Yeah, so we got Kobe and MJ making sweet plays. And then we've got uh, LeBron traveling down the court. Uh, on the sticker. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna have to replace that sticker. <laughs> All right. Who am, I, who am I pulling for first this week? Uh, you were pulling for me. Okay. All right. So here I mean, we go. It doesn't matter. We're still going to have to go through hell. Ooh. Zach, what is the absolute worst name you could give your child? What is the worst name that you could give your child? Your I mean, future- I... Your future child. I, like I, I have something that has already popped in my head, which is a terrible just, name. Yeah, I mean, but, realistic, not like a, not like a stupid name that you would never think of. Like, like ass an, hat, like that yeah, would not be. A yeah, name. that's yeah, not going to make. Yeah, the What's first, the, the first name that popped into my head would be Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude. 
Gertrude would be the worst name that I could name. That what is, is Gertrude a, a woman? I believe that's a female name. Yes. Let's let's see. And I don't I don't even know how famous Gertrudes. Let's go to the Gertrude. Hmm. Oh, Gertrude is a female name yeah. given which divide, derived from uh, Germanic roots, so German that means spear and strength. Trudy originally is uh, ah, so Trudy. That's where Trudy comes from. Yes, derived from of Gertrude has development into the name. So, Spear and strength. That sounds like a Gertrude. Yeah, <laughs> like, like Gertrude is the German powerlifter, and of course, it means spear and strength. So it's a good question, right? Like I, I never really thought of that. And that if my, you know, it's not like Molly or Chelsea or any like traditional game name. It's oh, do you want to hold Gertrude? Like uh, Trudy, Trudy, Trudy Bingham would is what it would be. Trudy. <laughs> Trudy, uh, so Trudy makes me think of, I don't know why, Trudy makes me think of the sister off of a league of their own, the like tomboy, like Trudy, yeah, Trudy will go play catch. Trudy will run 10 I, miles. I, don't, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Now, their name is a, was Kit, I think. I yeah, well, Kit's a, Kit's a nickname um, that comes, it's kind of like Trey for like the third kits kind of works in somehow like that. Um, but then I, the, in the show that my wife and I are watching Chicago PD right now, which is just chaos. Every episode, there is a tribe on NBC. Network. I don't know. I don't know why you're such like a, like a, like snob about network TV. You just like, don't see it that often in today's age of like Hulu and Netflix. Because and it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. I know, but that you just don't hear about those shows a lot. That's you watch Survivor. Always... So what? How can you be a snob about network TV when you watch Survivor? Because it's my only network of choice, right? Like most, like you've talked about this at length multiple times over the last several years. Is you and your wife are network TV people, and that's but fine. We, we I find, find it fun. via Netflix or or uh, Amazon or something. And the uh, best thing about I've already said the best thing about Chicago PD is because I I've, I'm awful. I'm getting old, and I fall asleep at nine o'clock watching TV every night. And the best thing about Chicago PD is that I don't miss anything. Because the next episode, it doesn't matter really what happened the episode previously. So I just pick it up like I've watched the whole thing. I never miss it all. So that's so, okay. So your magic bucket, you think the worst thing you could name your daughter is Gertrude Bingham. Yes, that makes no sense. It sounds Trudy awful. Bingham. Trudy Bingham. Okay. Now for me, the magic bucket. Uh, you spoke whale, haven't you? I have not. I've never heard that. Okay. So this, I thought we had done this. Maybe that was just me. So I had, this is from my wife. Speak whale Dory style. From oh, you've like, already done this. I've already done that. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, okay. I couldn't remember if I have or not. All right. What about you did this, and this is perfect for today because I've, I haven't gotten this yet, and I didn't answer it. You had a weird answer. Which body part do you wish you could detach and why? What did I say? You said your toenails. Toenails. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't need the toenails. Don't need them. I – I. I cannot stand my nose, not because of anything of how it looks, just because of how it makes me feel. I hate my nose because of my seasonal allergies. And I wish every, every April and May, I could just detach my nose and throw it over here and just wait for the pollen and everything to bloom and then put my nose back on and be good because I cannot stand what's happening with me. It's gotten so bad. I'm going to my doctor today to find a better way, maybe a new prescription to fix my uh, seasonal allergies because it's freaking awful. Well, and Steph brings up the problem is, is yes, that may correct this, but Steph says you're going to look like Voldemort or the first that, well, the, the, he who should not be named yeah. or, or you'll look like the first one that came to mind is if you've ever seen the sequel of Silence of the Lambs, which I believe is Hannibal. There's this guy in a wheelchair, and he is, like, grotesquely scary. I don't know if he's been burned. I don't know what the backstory of that is. But his nose is, like, is caved in. It's like a skull, right? Yes. Yeah. 
You can't. That's rock like the that. uh, that's like the cocaine nose. Who was it? There was a super famous. Uh, oh well, I'll tell you. The lead singer of the the Temptations, David Ruffin, had zero cartilage in between because he had blown so much snow. But there was somebody. There was a comedian like in the, over the last like few years who snorted glass. Artie Lang. Artie Lang. Artie That's Lang. Right. His no, he snorted glass in the cocaine or something, and absolutely, and his nose just collapsed. I don't want to do that. I just want to get rid of my seasonal allergies. Well, and, I mean, it's a give and take, you know. I don't care at this point. I don't care if I'm going to look like Voldemort or not. I just don't want to sneeze. And I've had shows where my nose has gotten stopped up mid-show and I can't talk or breathe. And then I'm sitting over here like while you're talking, breathing out of my mouth like a goob. And I, I hate my nose. It drives me insane. So detaching my nose for a period of time would give myself a better quality of life. I, I, the look, you can't do that. It's, I, I don't care. I don't care. It's time to get rid of this nose. I well, would- here's the problem. You bring up Artie Lang. You don't want to look like I'm Artie not going to look like that because I'm not doing cocaine. That's <laughs> Artie Lang. You don't yes. have a nose. I'm detaching my nose. He's got a nose that has collapsed. Artie Lang. Ugh. Ugh. I never thought we'd talk about that. David says, sounds like a great idea for your next sponsor, an allergy medicine company. Well, it depends if I, if I can find something that works, then yes. That's big pharma. That's big money. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in on that, but I've gone through Claritin, Zyrtec, Allegra. I've been doing Zyzol for the last year. Now Zyzol is not working. So I got to, you know, I don't know what else I have left to try. Isn't it funny? And this kind of gets on big pharma uh, and bye-bye to IG. Thank you for watching. But uh, the... You never hear you talk about big pharma. You never like Viagra never advertises. Have you noticed that? They I feel like they just don't need to. They Viagra? need no advertising. It's just it's they are understood. Yeah, they do. There's Where? on like males like ESPN. You never see you know, you see Cialis. You, you see never Viagra. See Viagra. You, you don't see it as you see Cialis a lot more, but you, you definitely never, I, I can't name a, a Viagra commercial. It's because you probably haven't been watching Sports Center for a while. I watch sports all the time. Like I watch There's no sports games. right now. I mean, but like, and plus, like right now, it's very difficult to name me and any. This is to what anybody. Do you mean name you a C a, a Viagra commercial. You mean tell you the plot line of the? Yeah. I don't know a Viagra commercial plot. I mean, that's and ridiculous. David's right though. They advertised a lot at first. Mark Martin, the Viagra Six car. I remember that NASCAR. I don't watch NASCAR, but he's right. Then they became mainstream. They never. Elo says Zach will be in bed by 7 p.m. The problem is, is I, my ass falls asleep on the couch while I'm trying to watch shows. That, that's I'm a, the same way. I'm I the have same a problem. Way. No, no, no. Maybe this is something. This is ain't. This is shade on myself on a Thursday. I, I have a problem, Austin. Maybe it's because we wake up early and we work all day. I, I don't know. But I cannot keep my eyes open to save my life. And watch television. Yeah, because you know how I got the jumpy knee thing going on? I, whenever that happens, I have to move to like the love seat to spread out. And I, there's this one position I get on the love seat where it's just whenever I rotate to that position, I'm done. I'm cashed. It's over. Good night, me. It's it's it. I, I don't know. I, and look, no, no amount of pharma is going to help me there. Because you don't want to get jacked up. You don't want to drink caffeine because you need to go to sleep, right? But I would like to watch these shows that I'm trying to watch. That's why Chicago PD is such a great fit because it doesn't matter. That's, well, same company. Dick Wolf, executive producer of all those shows. But uh, they have crossover episodes and stuff. It's It's, got to be an age thing, right? Now, on the weekends, like if I'm like out and about or playing cards or drinking some beer or something, I don't fall asleep. But on a Wednesday doing night, stuff. when I'm trying to watch Sopranos, I I'm, I I got nothing. Yep, same. And then, well, then the problem with me is I fall asleep for like two hours. I wake up at eleven thirty, and then I'm like awake for like another hour, and then I go to bed at like one. It's just then I, then I'm all messed up. Oh no, I wake up and I go immediately back to sleep. I don't have that problem. I just I can't. It, I'm 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 getting into the I'm thirty two and I'm starting to get weeknight no fun. Right? I got weeknight no fun syndrome. Well, there's nothing for you to do right now. 
Yeah, but I should not be going to sleep at like, as he said, seven o'clock. It's probably a hard 8.15 if I sit down. I can't keep my eyes open. I We had an early dinner. I don't dinner have last. any kids either. We had an early dinner last night and we ate at like 6.30 and I was, I dozed off at 7.15. <laughs> like I was, it was that bad. What? And we don't have kids. Like you, you know, I don't have kids. Like what is it going to be if we had kids and we... They, they, well, that's, you, put them, you put them down at what? That's sick. You try to put them down early, right? So they go to sleep and, you know, I'm, yeah. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> that's where caffeine becomes a necessity that you can't just choose. A night 7 p.m. latte? <laughs> no, like 4 p.m. 4 p.m. is going to just jack me up and then wear me out. And I'll be out by 720. Uh, this is, I don't know. I'm scared to death about this, but that is a problem I have. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Buck Rising will be back uh, tonight with A to Z Sports Primetime. There's a new Big Orange podcast uh, out there. Rob says, Artie Lang has your solution, Zach. And and what is that? <laughs> I'd rather fall asleep early. My at, at this at, at this rate, my toddlers are the ones that will be putting me to bed. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, Check you later. Thanks for watching. See you later. Adios.